0: Hello, welcome to Lease FM. I am very excited to introduce this week's guest, Writer, musician, improviser, producer, creator, um, all-time great podcast guest on Comedy Bang Bang. Um, Shout out for new no-nos right there, straight ahead. Um, (laughs) And actor, Mr. Paul Rust. You can watch his genius come to life on Love, the show he stars in and co-created with his wife, Leslie Arfin, Judd Apatow, you know, household name there. Um, The third season of which is going to be Dropping on Netflix March 9th, and uh, third and final season. I'm so honored to have you with me here today, Paul. Welcome to the show.
1: Oh, thanks for having me, Lee. Uh, so good to be on.
0: Absolutely, um, so good to have you. And so, I'm a huge fan of the show, as you could tell by my nerdy emails to you. Um, let's start <laughs> with uh, let's start with talking about you know, love basically st- follows a story of a relationship from its very inception, which is such a beautiful, rare thing in TV. I mean, well, I mean, film, it's a lot of like, okay, first love and stuff or first moment that they meet or whatever. But but in this show, you really get like so in depth. And I just feel like I'm friends with these characters. Mickey, played by Gillian Jacobs, and Gus, played by you. Um, and then all of their like people around them. It's It's such a Ah, it's just such a unique show because it it gives you such an amazing sketch of all these characters. So I, I want to. I I know that you've we've you know it's, we're up to two seasons now. So people have got to do their research and watch the show up till now. But let's talk about going into the third and final season. Um, how was it going in into the season for you? Uh,
1: it was great. Uh, well, and first of all, uh, thank you for saying those lovely things. Uh, that's <laughs> nice to hear. Uh, uh I just said. Lovely right now, by the way. That was uh, Oh,
0: it's all over the place.
1: It was an (laughs) accidental pun. Uh, (laughs) I actually had to watch how I talk because I'm self conscious of using the word love and making it seem like it's a reference. You know, uh, but no, but that's
0: that. Let's start there, actually, because literally it is like it's such a big. How did you settle on that name? Like, how were you just like, you know what? This is it, love. Like, why, why love? Why didn't you call it? Two yuppies in LA trying to make it big. I don't know. Um where did where did that <laughs> name come from? And then we'll get into the, going uh, into the third season.
1: Uh yeah, well the title uh, actually uh came from uh my wife, Leslie Arfin, who I co created the show from. Uh for a while it was untitled and then Leslie was like, I got the title and I think it should be loved and I was like, That's great and we told Jeff and he loved it too. Uh so it <laughs> happened again. <laughs> uh,
0: We'll count them. No, we're gonna lose track. Uh,
1: and Leslie's actually um she's a great uh titler. Uh I, I won't out the people uh who who uh who have used her services before. Mm-hmm. But they are notable and Leslie has given titles to people and uh, they've lived on. They're they're very uh, she she's just a great talent. I'm I'm terrible at it. If if we would have done it, it would have been like her name's Mickey Waters and his name is Gus Power <laughs> and it's called the Department of Water and Power.
0: <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I mean it is. It's so concise and but it's fitting and like I mean, even from like watching the intro, it just it all it all works. And um oh god, I, I could go into it, but I'm not I told myself I wouldn't fangirl. So let's just go third season. How is it to write that? Because basically where we where we leave off at the end of season two it's such a great final episode. And, and the beats that you hit there, I mean, it's, like, it's amazing how you've created this thing that basically feels like a really long movie, right? Does it feel like that when you write it? I know I'm asking so many questions, I'm nervous.
2: <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Uh,
1: yeah, no, when we, we write it, we definitely, it, it's funny, you're, you're trying to do accomplish two things at once, which yes. is particularly with the um, being on a, a platform like Netflix, where you know how people are going to uh, watch it if they choose to, which is, you know, they could watch one out, one after the other. So you're trying to make each individual episode uh, its own complete uh, story or experience or idea, and then at the same time you're conscious of, like, uh, well, what if people keep watching it? Uh, are they, you know, how is it unfolding? And a lot of times, you know, I'll end up getting this, you know, sort of on a, my brain will get on a track where I'm like, you know what, I think it breaks down every three episodes, every four episodes, it sort of works as its own one complete thing. And then I go like, well, that doesn't matter. So we're just going to watch two, two and a half. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way to control. Totally. No, at the at the episode four is the perfect sort of act to break that's when you can like go and take a day off and mm-hmm. come back to it you know but that's that's obviously also the the fun and the the magic of it is uh, a yeah. <laughs> know like people are watching it in their own uh, special ways
0: absolutely um so okay so going into Season three, like when you when you started the show, did you know where where the characters were going to end up at the very end? Like, did you already see the arc or have you has it been more of a as you work with other writers c- getting to know these characters that you're all creating together um, and, and, and seeing them come out more as complex, you know, people? Um, yeah. And do you feel like you're almost kind of determining these people's I mean, you are determining these people's faith because that's like what your job is um, and you act as one of them. So like, yeah. What was your plan there? Yeah,
1: I mean, like, it's interesting because you'll have sort of rough ideas of where you think they could could possibly go. You know, I'm, I'm putting as many qualifiers there as possible. Of like, yeah, it, it's not that set in stone. And, uh, you know, for myself and Leslie and Judd and I and then our our writers, You know, I I know for me and for uh, everyone else, it is by preference uh, to leave it a a little open because I think with a show that's not as um, plot driven, more, uh, you know, i not trying to sound pretentious, but no. it's, it's more ca- character-driven. Absolutely. Uh, that's not
0: pretentious. It's it, true.
2: It,
1: it, it, it's like, uh, well, I just, I'm like, uh, others could say that. I, I shouldn't have to say that. But, like, <laughs> you know, for something that is character-driven, it is like, it feels wrong to kind of uh, make things inorganic and sort of, like, push people in directions based on what you want their behavior to be. Right. And having it sort of be loose enough that things can surprise you either while in the writing or while you're shooting. And you're just like, oh, this scene, this direction felt right. And, you know, from the beginning, Jen has always sort of built it so that we go in having written the first, like I'd say, three fourths or like 80% Mm -hmm. of a season. And then the last like few episodes, like two or three sort of open so that if we discover anything along the way, we can, we can be open to that.
0: Absolutely. Um, so very exciting. I can't wait for season three. Um, and are you, well, let's get into the influences since that's why we're here. Um, you sent me a list, like I said, and it's a great one. Do you want to, um, do you want to go about it chronologically, or like, how about we just talk about it? the first time you you saw someone do their thing on the screen or in person or whatever? And the, you know, what was your experience with like watching that and realizing like this is something I want to do when I grow up? Oh,
1: cool. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just like flashing. I'm just trying to think of my first initial. It's weird because uh, it, I know you said on screen, but, you know, for me, it is sort of like witnessing my parents. They're both uh, funny people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so to watch them interact and talk to people in their lives and see them make other people laugh was always like, it's just a weird, fascinating thing that happens. You're just like, oh, my mom or dad. Let's see that sort of set off a an emotional response with this other
2: person, and like,
1: <laughs> I, I, I guess I'm bringing those down to the most ground zero. Instance. No, that's but you know exactly
0: where we need to start. I, I,
1: I think yeah, when you uh, when you see your parents doing that, and you go like, oh, not only is it a a system to you know get through life and interact with others, mm-hmm. but you're also sort of bringing joy to other people. Uh, Presumably, uh, you know. I think then it's uh, that that obviously uh, is a big influence right from the top.
0: Absolutely. And so you grew up in Iowa, right? What was the the town name again? How do I pronounce it?
1: Uh, Lamars.
0: Lamars. Okay. Um, big, big town, L, small town.
1: Little e, big M.
0: Oh yes, so French. <laughs>
1: yes.
0: Yes. Um, Actually, that's funny because Tim Baltz was from Joliet, uh, Illinois. Ah, So, how, what
2: was
0: the, what was your like theater or performance or creative experience growing up in this small Midwestern town? And, or was there one to speak of? Like, was there a community for that? Did you have friends? Did you write things together? Or were you kind of on your own?
1: Yeah. You know, it was like, it's a fairly, small town it's like just under um let's say about 10,000 people maybe 8,000 people and uh so you know there wasn't like um uh a vibrant like uh arts theater community or you know an industry I guess like (laughs) uh nearby totally um but there was like uh, uh a community theater that i participated in and i think it's something that like eighth grade but if the uh if the classroom is sort of its own stage uh <laughs>
2: it is <laughs>
1: I, was, I was making the most of that uh up until then through all those grades and... You know, like even though it's uh, all—I was going to say it's all relative. I don't know if that's the proper usage of it, but like I, um, you know, I I would growing up in Iowa, I would think about the kid living in Los Angeles who gets to audition for movies and TV shows and commercials and stuff, and I so wanted to be that, but. that was the access somebody imaginary like that had at the same time, like in my situation, in a really sort of, uh, wonderful way, anybody in my life who sort of saw that like greatly encouraged it. So even though I didn't have like a, I couldn't go and audition to be Dennis the Menace in the Dennis the Menace (laughs) movie. Damn it. I had a a, a teacher who, you know, would, if I asked, would let me do a, you know, write a scene and do it for the class or like lip sync for the class or like I would draw or write stories and teachers were always like very, very encouraging of that. And so were my parents. um, You know, one sort of... Amusing thing that happened once, though, was, like, I think I was, like, in ninth grade. And then uh, there was an art teacher who ran up to me in a very, like, heartfelt way. And and she was, you know, doing what anybody in her situation uh, could do. She, like, just came up and she was like, there's an artist visiting um, tomorrow morning on Saturday morning at 8 a.m., down in the arts building and you know which I never heard of uh, (laughs) you should go down there and she was just doing it because she's like hey I want to help this person encourage this person's you know yeah totally uh, and then (laughs) I went down there and I was like 15 and it was a room full of uh, (laughs) six-year-olds
2: and how'd it go (laughs) Uh, I remember the
1: teacher just kind of he, I could see that he felt sorry for me. Like somehow I, like this something that you were like this is
2: my break. They
1: were were doing like yeah yeah right (laughs) because what it was was they were like pasting construction papers like pieces of wood. (laughs) It was like crafts for kids like you know on a Saturday. Oh my
2: god, right?
1: Yeah, my big opportunity.
2: uh,
1: But then also you know I met like a lot of. friends who were you know theater kids too and like loved comedy and loved music and and uh you know I I uh, I'm still friends with them and I like that's also you know I I don't know what your experience is or what other people's are but like to grow up in a small town and actually meet a tight-knit group of people who are uh interested in the things you are and actually ends up feeling very special absolutely it seems, it seems like a rare thing oh you know? it,
0: yeah totally is I know I talked I talk to people and they're like I hated high school I'm like really because I loved high school it was so fun and you know I, that yeah, is a privileged right. thing
1: it was like I had friends who liked waiting for Guffman that's
0: all I needed yeah exactly. I loved Wes Anderson and so <laughs> did everyone else what are you talking about um okay. okay so let's see okay just tell me really quick just what's your most memorable role in like a theater production it's always kind of funny to hear
1: Oh, um, I, uh, <laughs> you know, in, in high school, I would do a, um, do speech contests, and we would do, like, a uh, group improv, mm-hmm. sort of with, I know it's technically not like a production, but, you know, it's sort of like...
0: Yeah, like a speech team thing, right? Improv- like, in our school. Yeah, yeah. I was exactly. literally at a speech team th- conference this weekend like watching my oh little, my god. yeah younger yeah. friend compadre and she was doing the speech thing it was so crazy to see all these kids yeah, like great. oh my god yeah and they're,
1: they're all so like so professional
0: out. did you like wear the suit and everything and it's, everyone's like silent yeah. and then all of a sudden you're like doing improv or whatever
1: yeah 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 and then like you know i made my own like dramatic monologue of Catcher in the Rye. It's just really embarrassing. Oh, stuff.
0: God, but that's great.
1: We, I was on a group improv team and uh, we were like, hey, we got to win this. Oh, no. So it's okay if you pre-plan some stuff. <laughs> so we essentially like, wrote a script, memorized it, oh, no. and like, the flattiest way possible took what the suggestion was and like, twisted it <laughs> In the worst way, into the thing that we had pre-written, and uh, and then
0: you won, right? I, I,
1: everybody knew. No, everybody knew that we got disqualified. Really? Did you? Like, yeah. Oh my
0: I, God! Improv rebels, you did kind of break no, the no, one no, rule.
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> embarrassing. It's like, oh, you, you cheated. You tried to cheat at art. <laughs> like,
0: oh, my God. That's great.
1: cool.
0: I love it. Um, okay, so let's move into the influences, like the list of proper influences, now that we know who Paul Rust was in high school. Um, sure. You, do you want to name your number one? Go ahead.
1: Uh, it's it's Mr. Pee Wee
2: Herman.
0: Yes. Awesome. Yes. I smiled so big. Uh, and, I mean, it makes sense. Um, you we Will tell the listening audience helped write Pee Wee's Big Holiday, right? The most yeah. Is that the uh, most recent that's the thing that's coming? That I listed
1: it as an influence. Yeah. Like get one more plug in.
0: <laughs> you got it. Um, no, I mean I can so I can so see it. But let's let's get into that. When was your first? Was Pee Wee like big when you were in high school? Like was that on was it on TV ever? I I only remember it from I'm 24, so it was like the VHS. We had the box set. My dad's like super into Tim Burton and all that, and so we have you know. All the vhs is stilt is that what you watched or were oh, you
1: cool. yeah no i had watched um uh i was a big fan of the movie Pee Wee's uh, big adventure and oh, yeah. we had that on a v- and i watched that probably when i was like first time i was like five six
0: okay so this is little
1: off of a tv mm-hmm. hbo would have uh free weekends
0: awesome where they
1: would like and then but the thing was they'd show their best stuff because they're trying to attract people to buy into the
0: service yes and they
1: would have the phone number running at the bottom oh no so So you
0: probably have that memorized
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) i just call it at any hour of the day just to talk to somebody uh uh but yeah that was uh, i watched that and since we had it on tape, I watched it over and over again and I loved it. And then the the Saturday morning uh T V show you did as well, Pee Wee's Playhouse.
0: Oh yeah. Uh, Cherry uh, and everybody. Yes.
1: The whole gang. sorry
0: yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I'm having flashbacks. Um, and then did you watch the Christmas, the like the original the O. G. Pee Wee's Christmas special?
1: Oh, sure. Everybody? Yeah, yeah. That was um, Everybody showed
0: up to that one, right?
1: Y- yeah, yeah. I mean it's it's funny, like um I feel like in the uh, uh, video age or whatever or like whatever it is now, like post theatrical Mm -hmm. age, it's crazy. Like you can like experience somebody's body of work just jumping around. You're not like.
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's
1: It's not a chronological thing. A feature film first and then somebody's Saturday morning show. Yeah. uh, And then like they're like cool like hipster midnight early 80s like <laughs> show like it's, it's it's really awesome i mean uh i think maybe that if anything that speaks more to like paul's talents and his like uh he's so creative that he's able to sort of like find new ways and formats to to explore that character
0: absolutely um and what is it about Pee Wee? Like, what is it? The, is it the obscurity? What, like, what's your entry point with that form of comedy? Because it's very specific, um, which is why I love that you put it there. Uh, and and how do you think it's kind of like informed you in the way you write?
1: Yeah, uh, you know, I guess um, I, I I was conscious of this when I watched it. Um, and I just rewatched it over, you know, over and over throughout the years. And then I think maybe I had had like a two year gap, like around high school or college. And then I went back and rewatched it. And then I realized, like, as I was watching, I was like, oh, what's um, so great is that it's so uh, joyful and it's, I don't know, edgy in how it's not edgy mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> and, and, and that there's no, um, you know, Paul and I talked about this a lot. It, it's, it's interesting that we ended up writing the movie um, with Judd producing the Pee-wee movie, because mm-hmm. the, the thing that I thought both of those guys share and share is that like the comedy doesn't have any um, bad guys or villains, really. It's really just like, um, uh, and, and, you know, there's a specific moment. If, if I had to cite one thing, in uh, the Pee-wee. It's like in Pee-wee's Big Adventure, there's a part in the very, very beginning where he turns on his, like, watering ornaments on his yard and they're spraying water everywhere. Mm-hmm. And his neighbor, who just said hello to him, he's getting, like, water sprayed into his window. And in 99% of any other comedy... That neighbor would, like, shake his fist yeah. and hate Pee-wee. And the joke is, like, oh, pee this brings anarchy wherever he goes and upsets people. Right. <laughs> like, in this one, he waves and he says, good morning, Pee-wee. Like, it's just so, <laughs> I can't explain it. It's just so funny to me that he, uh, he doesn't get upset. But right. But he just gets along. So um, I think, um, that, you know, when I just watch it and just experience sort of, bliss uh that's i i can't say it, it would be wrong for me to say that's influenced me in sense of like how i write or anything but i i just know it brings me a lot of pleasure yeah uh, and yeah
0: absolutely um how is it working with with Wee with paul rubens
1: oh the the best he um he's not only just a really kind and thoughtful uh you know, funny person. Uh, he also just—I uh, learned a lot from him. Like, I—I I can tend to uh, overwrite. You're probably like based on your answers to my simple questions. That doesn't. <laughs> no.
2: you that oh my god! <laughs> uh, Seriously, no. But, uh, I get it.
1: <laughs> but uh, Paul's actually—he's really great at keeping things uh, simple and uh, minimal uh, for for. Maximum impact, and after that, like I don't let, uh, you know, when I'm writing a script and there's like action description, I don't ever let it go over two lines. Yeah, Rarely it, does it ever get up to three. Right. Because he's just like, oh, I like when I look at a page, it's it's clean, and you can just feel like you're reading it, like simple and like breathing through it and stuff. Yeah,
0: so. and putting more trust in in the performers mm-hmm. to make certain decisions. Um exactly,
1: right. Yeah. yeah not not ha- and then also not having to write like a perfectly written uh one liner. Yeah. Knowing that like a lot of times what's funny specifically with Wee is just like attitude. Right. You, know, you don't have to write a joke. You can just write literally you can write ha ha as <laughs> like line.
0: <laughs> and it'll be like the funniest thing anyone's ever seen.
2: Yeah, yeah, right. That's <laughs> uh, awesome.
0: Um Great, and I know we could talk so much more about about Pee Wee, um, but we we have five influences, so we've got to get through them all. And I know that sure, it's hard yeah. to even make this list. Um, so I appreciate <laughs> you doing that. So moving on, um, how how would you like to get into this the second one, uh, Mister Show? It. What's that?
1: If you like, you can announce it. If you okay, like. yeah,
0: I will, Mister Show. Let's talk about it.
1: Okay. Yes.
0: Bob Odenkirk, David Cross, amazing team. Um, just, like, incredibly out there, but then together with it. When did you – did you watch it while it was on TV, or were you kind of a retro retrospective fan?
1: Yeah, I missed – I think it went off the year in, like, 98, and I think I started watching it uh, in 2000, so I I just missed it. You can tell how desperately I want to seem cool. About it. So I was like, I was pretty much – there in that first wave. I was
0: actually in. I was actually in the the, the bar that they performed at, or wherever it was filmed, good. Um, oh, really? Uh, no, no, I wasn't. Oh my god, I was just saying as you. I was like oh, five years old, probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, but tell me what you love about it.
1: Um. Well, you know, it, it's funny what I was saying. Oh, I watched it like a couple years after. I realized it was all on tapes purchased off of eBay. <laughs> so if <it, laughs> If this list of influences anything, it's just it's a it's a way to march through history of different uh, formats. <laughs> so this one was VHS tapes bought off of eBay. Wow. And um, and yeah, it was like one of those things where I put on, I borrowed it from a friend who got it, and then put it on and watched like one episode, and then lost you know an entire weekend watching the next like six tapes yeah and um you know i i don't think i'm saying anything new here but it was like the biggest example of me for me where uh somebody's writing comedy that's like specifically funny to them
2: Mm -hmm. that
1: you as an audience member are watching it it that specificity ends up trickling down to making it seem like it's specific to you as the audience member. Totally. And for me, when I'm watching something and I'm like, they wrote that joke for me. I could only, <laughs> I could like love that joke. <laughs> oh. that, like, y- you end up, you know, the falling for that thing way more than you would anything else. Absolutely. Just, it feels so and then that builds like a connected. weird kind
0: of loyalty to the brand or the show. For the people
1: exactly right? yeah and i think that's probably why you know so many people involved with mr show uh continue to this day like being you know very uh uh prominent voices in comedy because a they were there because they were great and then b also uh just their influence and impact sort of has rippled through a lot of people but you know just watching that and and uh feeling like, oh, the more I'm trying to, and it's it's tough because this is like a degree away from self-indulgence, but like just going like, oh, if I write in a way that makes myself laugh, and makes my friends laugh, you know, there's probably somebody else out there who will think it's funny
2: too. Mm
0: -hmm. Are you, are you very aware of that whole, I mean, you must be while you're writing, like say writing love, are you constantly thinking like, is this funny to the viewer? Is this, is this going to resonate with like, you know, most of my viewing audience, or is that something that is just way too stressful? And like you say, you've kind of had to do what Bob and David did.
1: Yeah, it's weird. Like I, I definitely write it, and, and you know, this should all go with the asterisk of we have a staff of amazing writers of the show. So when I say I don't think, yeah. But, you know, when when we're writing it, I like um, definitely making choices like, oh, if I was watching this, what would I like to see? Right. Uh, So in that sense, I'm writing for myself, but I'm conscious of, particularly because it is um, based more in uh, some real life or my experiences. I, I also have to like, be very careful about being like, well, just because I find it interesting doesn't mean other people are going to find oh, it interesting to you, right. like, uh, particularly if it's about, yeah, like, not less about space aliens and more about yourself. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. About like not thinking everything that comes out is interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and and then the the extra kind of, you know, hink to that is like if you, with a show like this, sometimes if you write close to people's personal experiences, uh, a lot of times that actually isn't Pleasurable. Uh,
2: yeah.
1: For it's like, it's a bummer for people to have to watch actually their behavior uh, represented in a TV show. And so that's a long way of saying like, there's so many different traps I can fall into as soon as I start going, like, how are, is somebody going to like this? Is somebody going to think it's funny? Mm-hmm. That as tempting as it is to ask that question, and I do often, I ultimately. Have to keep going back to, all right. If I was just watching this on my own, would I hate this or like this yeah. <laughs> if I saw it? And totally. Writing towards that, yeah.
0: Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, no, great answer. Um, I we we okay. I I don't know where I want to go now because I'm like I'm thinking while we're talking about writing, we also need to talk about the fact that you like you created the show, you wrote in the show, and you act in the show, and it's kind of telling like you say a story that you've lived or you know it, is it. Did it totally like take off and as it's, its own thing? Like how autobiographical do and I mean you've just been you've been oh, living yeah. this for the last how long? Five years? Like how long when did this when was it born? Sorry, well, that was we started
1: the most- writing it, yeah, probably like three and a half okay. four years ago. Oh that's pretty and, good. Uh, then. You know, it, yeah, and it's funny I was as I was saying um, biography or whatever, I was like, eh, that's <laughs> not yeah. Entirely right. I totally. should say that because, like, it quickly, um, it, it, it there's so there's way more many ways that it's not than it is, and, and it really doesn't um, resemble my life at all. It's more if, if my life if I had made other choices or something, or right. uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, originally, um, my wife Leslie and I before we were married. We had pitched the uh, the show, actually, uh, actually, as a movie. And the idea of the movie was characters who were like Gus and Mickey who were moving in together, and they had already made the choice that this was the relationship they were committing that they knew was important to them. And it was about how do two people, like, really work on commitment right and and we presented the idea to Judd and he really liked the movie idea but he also really really liked the characters Mm -hmm. he was like you know I've had this idea for a while of doing a tv show that explores one relationship this relationship seems really interesting and these characters as well what if we tried to combine the two and so we did and then you know just since the conceit of the show is that they It's about the meeting, but also Judd had the right instinct, which was like, with the movie, it was sort of about two people who are trying to grow. And I think he knew it's at least the beginning more engrossing or compelling to see people who aren't doing a great job at
0: going up yet. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. So
1: we dialed it back a little bit. (laughs) Once, once these choices were made, it quickly then did not resemble, uh, or my life or wasn't autobiographical because right. we had already made all these different choices that put us in sort of new starts.
0: With Gus and Mickey, it's always like one step forward, 12 step back, 12 steps <laughs> back. Then. Yeah. Which, but that's, yeah. I mean, that's the makings yeah. of a TV show, right? Like you need the character to kind of end up back where they started at the end of the episode so they can try to go somewhere else again, the next one. Um
1: yeah it's also you know what uh uh, again it's maybe a fact that people don't love hearing but it also resembles life which is like uh, it just ends up being like you just keep revisiting the three shitty things about yourself over and over
2: exactly (laughs) You,
1: you hope each time you cycle through it, you get a little better. Yeah, but,
0: uh, <laughs> but you usually don't. <laughs> oh my yeah, god! Yeah, but you don't. Know. Yeah, uh, yeah. So cool. Um, so cool. Okay, well, let's get back into uh, the influences. We have Alexander Payne up next. Um, so actor or producer, you know, director, Nebraska Sideways, The Descendants. Like, where does that fall in for you?
1: Um, I. Uh, my first house better would be in, in high school and it was um i think it was election mm-hmm. and um he hails from omaha nebraska that's right Stone, not stone throw away from where i grew up it was mm-hmm. like two hours away and uh and to see election um that takes place in omaha in an Omaha high school while I was in an Iowa high school and see him capture sort of uh not just what it was like to be in high school but really like what the midwest experience is like it uh, it goes back to that thing that I was saying of like the specificity or or it actually being like um it is the opposite of like isolating you, which is actually like i I felt so like comforted by the fact that somebody was making a movie that could be about you know what it was like to grow up in this part of the country totally and uh and what I like about him too is like you know it's it's interesting if, if for people who didn't grow up in the midwest they'll watch an Alexander pay movie you, know, but he's awfully snotty, he's kind of like. <laughs> He thinks he's superior than the people who live there, and anybody who lives there who watches movie doesn't see the superiority You're at like, all. That's exactly They're it. Like, oh, this guy
2: get he gets this. us. <laughs> what,
1: yeah, that's what makes it funny.
2: That's
1: great. Uh, so, uh, you know, I—it's interesting as far as like an influence and stuff goes because I—I've um, never gotten to write something that takes place in the area where i grew up in it'd be interesting too and i'm it'd be it'd be a fun thing to do eventually uh but that was like i think um you know just him having some sort of like uh a reverent humor or a reverent sensibility about like where i grew up you know
0: yeah but. And I mean, as a kid, thing. that's just so huge to see. I mean, I grew up in the Chicago suburbs, so you know, you know, watching—I don't know—Breakfast oh, Club, Hume. yeah, exactly, John yeah. Hughes. It's like, well, that's it, you know. And God, yeah. how how cool is it to to be able to see that represented? And um, that, so that's really neat that you found that in high school. Um, yeah,
1: yeah, no, yeah, definitely. I mean, like, I uh, I, I grew up watching. Uh, John Hughes all the time too I have two older sisters So we like love John Hughes movies mm-hmm. And To even see Yeah like In The Breakfast Club When they're uh, I could be making this up In my mind But I feel like In the morning You see the, like their breath Actually like When yes. they're breathing And okay. like Actually see that you Totally You that's like, crazy yep, that's I never just, see that That's exactly
0: <laughs> it Yeah Yeah
1: <laughs> Totally
0: um, And then you set love in L.A. Which I, which is great though Like it has to be in L.A. Yeah
1: um, well, so, You know I when I saw Fargo for the first time, I was like, oh my God, I should be so appreciative of where I grew up, Yeah. Like, where, I'm, where I'm living right now because they make it look so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what's wrong with Hollywood? <laughs> Why can't they get off, You know, their butts, and go into the country and shoot. You know, there's different parts of the country than Los Angeles people.
2: Yeah.
1: And I moved out to L.A. and, and within like, a week, there's I was no like, other can leave? <laughs> It's leave? It's so, everything's here. Yeah, that's you can true. go home.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: No. Absolutely.
1: I quickly let go of all my uh, principles.
0: <laughs> and um, and then setting it like in L.A., but but, but with a nod toward the struggle of being in L.A. and trying to get going. I mean, as somebody that works in radio, I think that's something that I instantly latched onto was Mickey's, you know, job as a yeah. whatever she does at that satellite radio station, program yeah. manager. Um, you know, it's just it's the it's the unglamour of it. Um that that is yeah you so, know, especially yeah, for millennials what, like, to watch that and be like yeah dude exactly my boss is a creep you know like yeah dude they undervalue me in what i do um that's huge yeah. and what what a great thing that you've you've put out there um for for my generation so thank you
1: <laughs> oh yes yeah yeah you know and i uh you know i don't think at any point we really ever um uh, on the show like betray that in the sense that like um, nobody ever becomes a, gets into the industry on the level of being a household name, Yeah, uh, which is, you know, the truth, the, the reality of, of living in Los Angeles is like, you're working with people all the time who are, uh, on the periphery or just in the right on the bubble or mm-hmm. whatever term you want to use.
0: Coattails. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, um, you know, that was definitely uh, um that's, I don't know, that's the theme. Los Angeles I know.
0: Yeah, yes. absolutely. <laughs> Before um, that,
1: left, left Entourage.
0: Right, exactly. But but you're, I mean, you're still, you are so killing it. I was just looking at your Wikipedia page getting overwhelmed. Like, you wrote an episode of Arrested Development, you know, it's like okay yeah no still amazing um let's talk about music because i know that's huge for you and that leads us to our next influence but don't stop or we'll die is your band right comedy yeah i actually listened to the ballad of bird and fox today in my car and was like dying so funny
1: oh good, good, good good um so
0: when did you start playing music
1: uh, I started in junior high. I really liked the band Nirvana, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, and well, I wanted to play music like they did. I'm sure you, so, and I'm
0: sure you did just that. I'm sure you're totally yeah. Kurt Cobain, <laughs> drugs yeah, included, yeah, you right?
1: Yeah, totally get that vibe. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, and, uh, yeah. I got a, I got a bass, and so I started playing, and then had different bands you know, throughout high school and college and then when I moved out to LA, uh my buddy uh Michael Cassidy, who um mm-hmm. I met at the University of Iowa and who um moved out to Los Angeles, uh and he's a great uh actor and writer and uh, musician he plays piano, and he's actually he writes on if anybody uh, who watches Love he all the movie title songs uh, for movies that don't have one mm-hmm. that we write. Oh my
0: the, god! Amazing, uh, Carnito's I Way. I can write
1: this together. <laughs> yes, Way. yes, yes. Oh, that's great. I, I write uh, Carnito's Way together. Oh yes. my god, uh,
0: <laughs> so fun. Um, that uh, is so cool. So then, so you guys started just kind of playing together for fun.
1: Yeah, yeah, we just, like, we would get together because it's really uh, fun to play music, especially when you're um, writing and doing live comedy and stuff. Like, so much stuff is, like, based on having to get a word right or a a cue right. Yeah. To be able to create some sort of vibe or feeling in the audience through sounds and rhythm it's like it's so much better than <laughs> <It's> freeing
0: absolutely
2: <laughs> every I'm writer like,
0: should have to play music. music right like i mean you need yeah. that release because it is such a yeah. you you can get so anal with it i mean oh my god exactly i it. won't even go into like yeah i'm taking class at second well, city right now I'll and it's just like a mess you know <laughs> it's like
1: well, it's so I'll, hard listen, i'll uh, i'll envy them because i'm like, they're managing. You know, if you're at a show with a like a sold out, you know, big crowd, Mm -hmm. you're like, they're managing to captivate so many people by doing, by explaining so far less. Yes. (laughs) Uh, It's a really cool thing. So I think, yeah, playing music a lot of times, uh, it's just, it's a really great way to be creative and not be sort of like held down by a, a...
2: grammar (laughs) literally
0: (laughs) and it's great that you get to play so much music in love um your character gus which is the perfect name for your character um (laughs) (laughs) gus um he plays plays a bass and a little uh jet there in episode four or whatever it is of, of season one um, and then yeah. the whole... Yeah,
2: wings.
0: Yeah, you do such a great job. I'm sorry, I'm gushing, but of just putting together like the perfect friend group too. Like you, the, all of the characters are there and they have, they each have their own story even if they're only guesting on like one or two episodes. Um, That is such an accomplishment. Oh
1: yeah, well thanks. That's nice of you to say. That's, you know, that's um, obviously one of the... Uh, the tenets uh, of like Judd's amazing body of work is right. always like making sure every character is, you know, I think for him, it comes out of like, just make sure every character is funny. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: and, but also, you know, his, I think humanist approach of like feeling like, Hey, every person is their own, you know, character and has their own dimensions. Uh, wow. But You know, so there's that, and there's also the thing of like, if you have somebody come on set, you're only doing yourself a favor if you write something that like is um, a distinct character, because the actor's going to be happier Mm because they know they're not just playing like oh a body yeah yeah the
2: clerk you know I mean, yeah, exactly like
1: the, the yeah. more you know they get the impression that you've tried to present to them some character, you know, like something a little bit layered to play, I think. yeah. And also, if you know who you're casting, you know, in the case of all my friends, these are my friends in real life, and so I was able just to you know, they're not playing themselves by any means, right. It's more like seeing them act on stage. And knowing, like, oh, what their, like, funniest sort of moves are, mm-hmm. being able to write that is, like, so much more advantageous than, oh, shit, we wrote this character and then we cast this person the day before and now they're on the set and we're trying to figure it out.
0: Yeah. You know? No, yeah. absolutely. That is so cool. And you can tell it's just like it's a village that has, you know, written this show and and uh, it feels yeah. it feels like you're with a group of friends. I don't mean to sound like yeah. schizophrenic, but um, no, no, no but that's yeah, it's it's really fun to watch. OK, so, yeah. Prince, let's kind of talk about Fr- Prince, um, bringing it back to the music thing. Um, why, why, why Prince particularly? Is it his. Um, purple, his attitude, Purple Rain. Um, where where does Prince come in into your story?
1: Well, as you know, you, nobody has seen me in anything but purple. So, yeah, it's true. It, I mean, I was gonna come I didn't want
0: to say anything, but lots of purple on love. Head <laughs> to toe, baby. Uh, uh,
1: uh, no, I think it's just it's uh, just I really uh, first and foremost just really love his music uh, so much, and um, I didn't think of this as until, like, right now, as I was saying this, I thought, oh, you know how it sort of influences me? It was like, I was like, I listen to a lot of Prince when I'm writing because really? it keeps me keeps me energized. Totally. So that would. Maybe, maybe that's sort of how it uh, ultimately influences me, is just it, it sort of Gives me energy to, you know, to stay focused. Uh, but i was also thinking, you know, it, it's a uh, uh, similar to Alexander Payne. Uh, he's a guy from Minneapolis, you mm-hmm. know, from another city, and uh, to see a a Midwestern boy do good and have it be somebody who's like a, a weird alien sex freak, like. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's funny do. <laughs> like yourself? <laughs> just kidding. Yes, um, yes,
0: yes. <laughs> um, we've got that you are basically Kurt, Kurt Cobain meets Prince. Prince, yeah. <laughs> um, Anybody who, who who meet
1: me would say that was just the first like, thirty seconds.
0: Instantly, with glasses, which you know yes, helps yeah, the whole thing. Yeah. Um, so okay, great. I mean, Prince, yeah. What's your, what would you say is your favorite Prince song or album? Um, like, you are you a classics guy? Oh or- yeah.
1: I like a, I like Sign of the Times a lot. That's like a double album,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: which I feel like is cheating a bit when people say because like my favorite Beatles album is also uh, I like the White, White Album. White album, there you so go. You, Just like the so most. If you it. choose like an album that's like double the amount of songs of a regular album, it's yeah. like cheating a little bit. You're wow. like when somebody's like my Desert Island Disc, would <laughs> is actually two discs with double the amount of songs.
0: Right, exactly the extended <laughs> version. Um, yeah, totally. <laughs> Um, wow, he's such a talent. What would you think of the uh Super Bowl act with him uh up there with j t did you see it? It's kind of i
1: i did see it yeah. yeah i uh um i i thought it was i anytime somebody's talking about Prince, that's good. I'm into so it. I, I, I know
0: I, people I were so cruel about it and I was like no man it's
1: yeah Prince <laughs> hey as long as the word is being spread yeah good exactly at least at least. At minimum, at least 20 people were watching it. I was like, huh, who's Prince? So then, you know. <laughs>
0: Which is terrifying, but no, you're right, exactly. We just got to keep his presence. The- I was like, where were you last year? Buddy? Then
1: listened to-, listen to the song and be- you know, became a lifelong Prince
2: fan. Exactly, you know. yes.
0: Um, Paul Thomas Anderson, wrapping it up. Um, Paul is just a name that you really like, generally. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Rubens and Paul yeah. Thomas. But, hey, there's a lot of like, Paul Paul Pauls. Yeah, we could have made it all Pauls. Paul McCartney. Um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, why why did you choose him? He's he's uh, uh, the you know part of the the what do they call it? The video store movement or kind of more um, is it mumblecore filmmaking? Yeah,
1: no, I yeah, I think like the video store thing of like the generation that was like started making movies uh because they had readily accessible video you know, cassettes to watch and then also didn't necessarily go to film school they could be self taught because they had you know home video cameras and and you know their their library was a was a video store um but yeah uh i mean i you know i i guess um uh i just um I really, really, really like his movies a mm-hmm. whole lot. And, uh, <laughs> hey, good enough reason. But yeah, um, yeah. I just uh, I saw um, Phantom Thread uh, recently. My wife and I went to it on uh, Christmas Day.
0: Wow, romantic! <laughs> Love
1: it. <laughs> yeah, romantic Christmas Day <laughs> date movie. Yeah. Uh, um, but you, you know, but there's a lot of different reasons uh, why I like him. But one thing that uh, as far as, like, um, uh, some lesson or something. I, I saw him in an interview talk about writing dialogue, and he was like, oh, you should write dialogue so that it actually sounds like how people talk. And uh, it's so, such a simple thing, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. but... <laughs> It took me 10 years of writing before I realized, like, that's what it was. It was like, oh, yeah, you could just, uh, like, as I'm talking now, I'm so conscious of, like, I didn't really finish that. That wasn't a complete sentence. Yeah. My verbs were all over the place. <laughs> I ended on a preposition, you know? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. But, uh, it's human.
1: Yeah, and that's not to say, like, I love scripts, too. Like, the Coen brothers are great at, totally. like, writing dialogue where people don't sound like how people talk. Mm-hmm. That's, like, so it's not to say, like, that's the... The goal of The somebody, way,
0: right. There's no just, one way.
1: Yeah. I just know for me, uh, reading that, writing um, became a, a lot easier and a whole lot more fun. When It was just like, oh, how can you try to write in a way that people actually talk? It actually becomes a really fun exercise.
0: Yeah, totally. I love it. This was amazing. Thank you so much. I could keep talking, I mean, listening to you talk and asking questions for like three more hours, but they're about to pick, kick me out because there's going to a big northwestern basketball game in I guess in the studio. No, they, but they needed to use it. So um,
1: <laughs> I, I did uh, my uh, college radio too, and I remember there was a sh- concert going on o- across the hall. and I would put on really, really long songs and oh then up the hallway and watch a show, then go back and chase awesome. over. So I totally understand. Yeah, that's I, great. I crunched.
0: Yeah, this is. Uh, um, i nice with you too. This has been so great. Um, what's coming up for you? I mean, Love Season 3 coming out on March 9th, and people can. This is giving them plenty of time to go watch. Watch seasons one and two three or four times, um, and then get ready yeah, for it. Yeah,
1: I would say you know, watch you know, if you haven't watched seasons one and two. If you if you have, rewatch them again because mm-hmm. you try to be as thoughtful as possible about having things sort of reoccur or call back or yeah. pay things off. So, uh, but if if you can't get get to them the uh, those two, yeah, the third season March 9th, I hope uh, people stream in. I was going to say tune in, but I guess. <laughs>
0: it's the streaming generation (laughs) I'll tune in for it Um, thank you so much Paul Russ amazing creator actor um, brain behind love one of several brains but you know big just amazing work on this show and thank you so much for bringing it to us Um, love on Netflix Ah. Um, good to talk to you Paul
1: nice chatting with you thank you so much thank
0: you so much this is Lise FM